Hello, welcome to Tea Time with Marcella. Grab your favorite cup of tea or the beverage of your choice and join us as we dive into today's topic. Today we are revisiting an interview that we had in August of 2020 with Lady Andrea Msando of One Flock, One Shepherd Church, where the pastor is Reverend Benson Msando. And Lady Andrea had shared with us the three uses of pure essential oils. One was that it could be ingested. One was if you mix it with olive oil, it could be used as a topical. Um, another was to um, diffuse it into the air using it as an aromatic. I'm sorry, I lost my thought. <laughs> I'm getting old. But one was to use it as an aromatic by diffusing it into the air. And so we visited that. We're going to visit that again, just the the introduction of it. And then we're going to pick up in a recent Bible study with Lady Andrea and her mother, um, Deaconess Minister Viola Brown. And there were others there, but those are the two um, main um, teachers of the Bible study and so we really enjoyed um, talking with them and, and sitting in on their Bible study about um, King Solomon and um, the Shulamite woman and they were talking about the oils and the spices and the spikenard and the aromas and It was just beautiful. So we're going to revisit that today. Um, Today we have with us Lady Andrea Musando. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Of One Flock Church. And we just want to welcome Lady Andrea. You know, I remember years ago reading about... um, the beauty regimen of Queen Esther and the other women that were preparing to go before the king and they were detoxing the body and getting rid of impurities and um, I just basically want to find out about essential oils awesome so you asked about what essential oils are so basically, what essential oils are are the lifeblood of the plant, the plant's immune system. So we think about um, how God created everything. Um, you know, animals can, can move and walk and, and you know, guide people who can move and walk. But plants, the plant kingdom, <laughs> they are stationary. And um, they also have, um, just like all of us, um, um, predators, right? So how does a plant protect itself? When it's stationary, um, it does it through the oils that it produces, and that is the immune system of the plant. Um, so the, the fact that God made this intelligent um, system inside plants can actually um, 
communicate with nature and either, um, what do you call it, like uh, detract things from itself and keep insects and bugs and pests away when it needs to. That's why you have the aromas and the smells. And then um, also either attract insects, like, like bees and stuff like that. And that's why the, the bees are attracted to the parts of the flower that they can pollinate and then you go to other um, areas and then that plant's legacy is carried on or that flower's legacy is carried on, right? Uh-huh. So um, essential oil is extracted from the plant because it actually is very, very compatible with um, our blood and it is very beneficial to human beings, um, which is really cool. Uh-huh. Um, and you can extract these oils from the parts of the flower, trees, roots, resins, um, rinds, bushes, uh, herbs, and this they consist of over 100 natural organic compounds oh. that are able to support all of our body systems, mm. whether that's the elliptical system, the circulatory system, the endocrine system, which is your hormones, um, respiratory, immune system, um, all of our systems, even our brain health. And so that's what essential oils are, and that's why they are so significant today. And so they're used for detoxifying the body? Yes, they can be used to detoxify the body. Um, When we think about... Detoxifying oils, we're going to think about oils like grapefruit. We're going to think about oils like um, lemon, oils that are able to help um, the liver and clean up um, all of the spaces that we have in the body that need to be um, um, rid of toxins, and those are safely carried out through the body. Okay, so you think you said grapefruit and lemons. Okay, so are any of those, go ahead, I'm sorry. A lot of citrus oils are really powerful detoxing oils. Okay. And so are those used like in teas or uh, medicine or food? What? How do you use that? Well, if you have a pure oil, you can actually use that oil in three different ways, whether it is to um, breathe in the aroma of it, um, like just by opening up the cap of the bottle and smelling it. You can also diffuse it into the air. Um, So right now, I don't know um, if you've um, been familiar with kind of like the the, um, kind of this movement now where everybody's trying to get rid of their candles and, and bring in diffusers. Um, because they're um, able to be used as, they can also be used as um, humidifiers. Um, but what a diffuser is going to do is put that oil into the air and then you get the aroma. So a lot of people like to use diffusers instead of candles because they're, um, um, they can be much more um, safer for the body. So smelling the oil, and then you can also apply it topically to the skin. Um, um, definitely um, make sure that when you are applying your oils, topically to the skin that you use uh, what's called a carrier oil uh-huh. and carrier oils are just fatty oils like coconut oil and your olive oils jojoba to mix those uh, essential oils in there they actually last longer that way but it gives a safer absorption rate to the body and then so we said um, aromatically you can, you can smell them and then 
naturally, you can apply them to the body. And you can also, if your oil is pure, um, can also ingest them. And there have been plenty of um, uh, research um, uh, works uh, back there um, to, to credit that. And so those are the three ways that you can use them. And those are the three ways I use them. Okay, so that looks right. And just to uh, reiterate, we are looking at um, um, the Song of Solomon, and we're going to be looking at this from the perspective of it being a love song. So um, I think we did some foreading last time in the overview, and it stated that a lot of people receive the fact, or they receive that Song of Solomon um, could be an allegory of God's relationship with the nation of Israel. Um, there are some um, wonderings with that that have been discussed um, last Saturday that we can go over at a later time. But for now, we're just kind of looking at what this is saying in the moment of what we know of the Shulamite woman. So um, as mentioned before, just jumping back up, we were talking about how right now this is the wooing, this is the falling in love aspect <laughs> that Solomon is writing about. And it's very surface. We said that she wants him to kiss her because he smells good. She's talking about the fragrance of his ointment, where the the fact that the other versions are are you know chase him away or want to love on him because of the fact that he he has a good name and he smells good. And um, we were also talking about when you uh, joined us. But I feel like that's continued here. She's talking about his cheeks are lovely with ornaments and his neck, you know, has chains of gold. So she's still looking at all of the peripheral things. And um, which which means that they haven't really gotten a chance to know each other, um, other than the fact that she's been working in the field and he has been able to win her heart and um, decides to take her into the palace. Did I say that correctly up to this point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's working in his vineyard. So yes. this, is, this is his field. So, yes. So that's a, it's a different way of looking at the scriptures. But what I appreciate about this is it actually has us do a deep dive into the person and what God is doing through that person. Because that's what... That is what's drawing people to the nation of Israel right now. This song, you know, that people are hearing from Solomon. I don't know if he was performing it himself or if he had, you know, I don't know how it worked out. But these writings, these are the things that people were paying attention to at the time. So it's an awesome opportunity for us to as well. But I just wanted to make mention of that. It continues with her talking about all of the things on the outside. because She doesn't know him that much. Um, she doesn't know him that well. She did that much, but she, she doesn't know him that well. Was there anything else that we wanted to mention? We also have the daughters of Jerusalem saying that we will make you ornaments of gold with studs of silver. 
So I think it's interesting how she's kind of looking at him and her maidens, or I don't know if these are bridesmaids, but they're like talking about what they're going to make for her because after all, she's now about to be royalty, right? <laughs> um, and I thought that that was interesting. I'm sorry, what verse was that? 11. Oh, 11. So okay, so at 10, she just, at the end of 10, she says, her neck with chains of gold. So she's looking at his gold and how he's decked out. And then the maidens are saying, we will make you ornaments of gold with studs of silver. Yeah. They might have been referring to both of them, but he already has them. And I think that they're also reminding her, like, you are, you know, also going to have, you know, be ornate as you become a part of the part of the kingdom. In my Bible, it says the daughters of Jerusalem are saying this, and they're yes. saying this to the Shulam, Shulamite. Yes. We will make you ornaments of gold, the studs of silver. Mm-hmm. So she was just, um, it says the beloved, which is Solomon, expresses in verse when you just um, um Okay, because that's kind of a confuse, confusing. Um, verse 10, this is under the beloved. And it says expressions of mutual love. I have compared you, my love, to the filly among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are lovely with ornaments and your neck with chains of gold. So can you bring up? Can so you bring up? Before we move away from that, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me in the New Testament when the bridegroom comes for his um, bride and the the, um, five were wise and five were foolish. And so they all, not just the, the bride, but her her bridesmaids, the the um, the virgins, they all had to be ready. So they're helping her prepare for her for her wedding. They're they're making um, things for her wedding. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what this reminds me of. Mm-hmm. And you're right, Mom. I didn't go back and look. I thought that she was saying this to Solomon, but it's the beloved. Yeah. So he's saying that. I was gonna say. Um, so, but it, it's it's awesome because that's how he sees her, even if maybe. You know, well, obviously they haven't had the wedding yet, but the fact that he already sees her, you know, adorned. Yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And then the daughters of Jerusalem are saying to her, you know, that's what we're going to do. We're going to make, you know, ornaments. We're going to make it so. Studs <laughs> of silver. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because um, she was talking about how she saw herself earlier. She's like, I'm dark, I'm, you know. I have neglected my own vineyard. And so if the king is saying this over her, it might not have been something that had come into fruition just yet as far as her being decked out. But this is how he sees her. 
and then this is going to be what they do for her. And I yeah. think that's really interesting. What it reminds me of is Genesis 1, actually, because God said, you know, all of the things that he created, but then it came to manifestation later. So I just think that that's kind of interesting, not to draw too closely of a parallel there. As the Bible study progressed, they came to a section about myrrh and frankincense. And it was brought out how that myrrh was a healing property and frankincense was more like a perfume and they balanced each other out. I noticed that spike nard is mentioned again. Does anybody remember where spike nard is mentioned in the New Testament? Mm. I remember we mentioned it, but I don't remember where. Isn't it um, when the um, the three wise men came and they brought myrrh and frankincense and what's the third one? Spike nard or something else? It's gold. Well. Yeah, I was going to say that spikenard is what was um, was the oil that was actually used to anoint Jesus' feet. Yeah. By the woman with the maid. When she opened up her, uh, her box and By poured the it. Box of mm-hmm. So I find that this is interesting to mm-hmm. see that in the presence of kings, <laughs> we have spikenard. <laughs> and if you haven't smelled that oil, it is the most beautiful um, I'll have to um, uh, acquire some so that uh, you guys can smell it, but it is just a beautiful fragrance. So beautiful, very beautiful fragrance. But yes, when she's saying this, and it's a very, it's almost like rose. Ro- you can smell uh, spikenard from a long ways away, from a far distance. So. I just think, I think that's interesting that she says, while the king is at his table, my spikenard sends forth its fragrance. So she has the spikenard. And so finally, she smells good. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, she's uh, fragrant. Mm-hmm. And a bundle of myrrh is my beloved to me. So she's, she sees him again, very, and, and he's, he's very, um, he smells really good with all of these, fragrances all these these like oils aren't they you reckon they had the oils then or they were i'm gonna tell you something myrrh is actually doesn't smell that great no i have some myrrh (laughs) if you've smelled myrrh before it smells a little bit yeah i think like i think that myrrh as far as what i can appreciate it about it because i did use it a lot after um after to help heal whenever i was after i was pregnant so postpartum i i used myrrh to help um and it's good for um healing it's also good for like it's like a it's like a how do i put this it helps it helps heal it's more of like a, a soothing um 
the properties of it are more along the lines of, of healing. So I think that's interesting. So yeah. the way I see this, because I know that myrrh doesn't really smell that great. <laughs> I think about it from the sense of the fact that because she perceives herself as dark and she perceives herself as like not really desirable. Her, the fact that he loves her is like healing to her. It's like a bomb to her. A B-A-L-M is what I mean. Yeah. So that, I like that. That makes sense because if you're holding it close to your heart, you know, on your chest, that's going to be where you feel that emotion of love, right? The closeness yeah. of that. Yeah. So that's why I bring that up because, and maybe other people like the smell of myrrh, but if you've ever smelled myrrh before, it smells very medicine-y. It has a, it has a, it doesn't have a sweet smell. It has like a, more like a medicine-y type smell. I can't even ex- describe it, but you'd have to smell it and then you would know like, oh, okay. I was thinking that frankincense and myrrh would smell so wonderful and myrrh, frankincense smells good and myrrh just smells like medicine. <laughs> so maybe, maybe frankincense sort of cut the medicine. It gives you a, a chance to, even though you smell the the spike nerd and it's really heavy or myrrhic the frankincense kind of helps to get rid of that mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i was like the spike nerd is a very flowery type of smell and the mm-hmm. myrrh would definitely balance that out and i think that that says a lot about like men and women because they balance each other that you know women have different qualities than men so it also could be pointing towards the fact that he balances her. She can see how he could balance her in some ways that maybe she doesn't have, but she, but she's also contributing to the relationship, right? Because her fragrance is very, Spikenard is a very feminine, very flowery type. It's just strong. It's also a strong fragrance as well. It's not like flimsy, but it's very strong and very feminine and very, um, it's just a beautiful smell, really beautiful fragrance. Yeah. So, but I like that what you're saying about the, because the healing, because it says um, a bundle of myrrh is my beloved to me that lies all night between my breasts. And when I think about that, I think of the Holy Spirit inside of me that, you know, in my, in, in you know, and, and basically, how I feel and inside, inside, you know, uh, inside of my body, if I had to locate inside of my body, you know, that, that um, resides inside of my breast area. And um, that is healing and that is uh, ministering, you know, to me. And, um, and when she says that, um, her, her, when he's at his table, her, her spike nords goes forth in its fragrance, but a bundle of myrrh is my beloved to me that lies all night between my breasts. And my beloved is to me a cluster of henna blossoms in the vineyard of Engedi. This is, uh, this to me is just such rich uh, language of, uh, of his love inside of her, her, you know, his companion, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I think that we can look and see what I don't know what henna blossoms. I know what henna is, 
Yeah. But from the Indian perspective, I know that they use the henna for their hands yeah. whenever they do like celebrations and stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. Look at that one. Uh, that myrrh henna. It says, you see that? It says myrrh henna, uh, the one that's white down there. Yes, all of yes. it, all of it looks great, but I that just stand out. I wonder what that smells like. Yeah, Merhenna, Camp Campery, Vineyard of Engedi, Song of Solomon. Okay, summer setting. Um, I wonder is that really there today? Henna is basically what you use to decorate your body. You know, like what you, what you do on uh, with tattoos on your body. Tattoos? Yeah, like, like you know, you see women painting uh, their bodies with like tattoos and stuff. So all the women back in those days, they would use henna to decorate their bodies like that. Like, how does it? Does it have a smell, Benson? No, uh, henna sounds by women. I will show um, you what, what it. Um, can you can you do that? Henna sounds by women. Well, I hope that you have been encouraged and enlightened. Join us each Saturday at 3 p.m. for a tea time with Marcella.